Welcome back to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess. This afternoon, I'm joined by Unit 4 School Board member and U of I development professional, Heather Vasquez. Good afternoon, Heather. Hi. Our kids went to the same elementary and middle schools, but you were more active. As a matter of fact, PTA president. Was that your initial pursuit of a leadership role in Unit 4? It actually was. Um, I showed up late to a meeting, stunned any of my friends who know me. Late, last minute. (laughs) And they said, um, well, if you want to help, do you want to do the book drive? And I said, sure. And I did the book drive, and then I did the next one, and before you know it, you're on the board. That's how Barkstall worked at the time, and a couple years later, I was president, and I loved it. Well, you've said, quote, it's so easy to get really focused on your own kid, but there's so many children who just want to learn and to be happy, and they're all entitled to that. Is that the driving concept and what made you want to be on the school board? So I work for the university. Um, I'm I'm a development director for engineering. I work in engineering. I was noticing that there was a narrative in, in the community that people didn't move here and live here. They might live in a bedroom community, um, surrounding communities. And here I was having this incredible experience. Our son was really happy at Barksdall and had a really good experience at Franklin. And we had these amazing teachers who had been revolutionary in getting him to read and getting him to kind of care about his classmates and be a good citizen. And I knew we were part of it, but I saw some really great things happening in these schools. And all these kids want that. Well, I wanted more people to have the experience I was having in schools. And to hear that they weren't was really surprising to me. Like, why aren't you having the best experience at Barksdale, the best experience at Franklin? You know, these are incredible people, and they still are. I mean, Sarah Sanders can still call me right now, ask me for anything. I'll still do it. Would you say you're a poster child for what Unit 4 does right? Oh, God, there's so many things Unit 4 does right. Um, there's a picture that Liz Brunson had on her page yesterday of like a, you know, these two young women have known each other their whole life, but one's playing for Centennial and one's playing for Central, but they're playing basketball against each other. But at the end of the game, they have this huge embrace and they don't look the same and they don't come from the same backgrounds, but that's Unit 4. These kids are incredible. There's... I, I want to be one of the many posters for Unit 4, but we've got a lot of good posters. You were the former president of the Junior League of Champaign-Urbana, so basically you're not new to a leadership role. How did your time in the Junior League prepare you for your role with Unit 4? Junior League was really about learning how to be a better listener, really understanding that while I had a goal in mind, somebody had something else in mind, and I had to be able to listen and kind of forge my way through if I knew I had to do something. I had to be okay with letting people down. Junior League probably taught me best how to say no to someone. Um, That's not what we can do today. That's not our goal. That's not our focus. It's not, we don't have the, we don't have the bandwidth for that today. I think that's what, where it started. Um, And then of of course, you know, the poker face, right? I don't have a great one, but it was so much worse (laughs) 10 years ago. I don't, I know it's not great now because as recently as the last year, Vanapi and Fetty's husband, Brian, was watching me on city council and he was like, yep, Heather's face just did that thing. Like, where I have just heard something that I can't believe and I cannot hide it. And my eyeballs have just done that thing. My eyeballs do. And it's a great way to come home. You look at your phone afterwards and you have a text from Brian P. and Fetty saying, Ooh, there were some eyeballs there today. And you're like, that's a good day at work. <laughs> You've been working for the University of Illinois for more than 14 years and you're with electrical engineering as well as fundraising. Would you say that things move at a slower pace at the university level or at the elementary secondary level? God, that is a hard fight because um, they're both working hard. Sometimes the pace is unbelievably slow and then equally as fast the next day. Um, so I don't think either one of them is leading, but my notice is the pace at the university is 
faster, frankly, than the, the elementary schools. Um, if for no other reason, there's so many different levels you have to engage at the, at the elementary and middle and high school level. There's so many different considerations. And the university is just, okay, all boats rise in this direction. And there's just not that opportunity always for fairness and equity in middle school and elementary school the same way. When you ran for school board, you said your goals as board member are addressing the achievement gap, expanding technology training programs, helping the district establish partnerships and the U of I and other parts of the community, as well as giving teachers the support they need. Which of these goals have you realized is the hardest to achieve? That's a hard hit in the face right now. Um, We have not done enough on two things. We have not managed the disparity of equity and and the achievement gap. And I'm certain we have not met the teachers where they are and meeting them at their needs. We went through a pretty cantankerous negotiation this past fall, as most people know. And recently, I've had the opportunity to visit two of the schools I'm assigned to where I can go and just be their kind of school board member. And they've welcomed me warmly to their, their staff meetings after school. And I say the same thing, you know, I'm, gra- I'm very grateful to be here. And you've been through a lot. We've been through a lot. Thank you for getting us through it. Thank you for taking the kids through it. Because truthfully, these kids are hearing this story out in the public and then, okay, what's going to happen? What's, what's the byproduct to this student that you, don't, you haven't thought about? I remember thinking, what are we going to do about the food? You know, there's kids who we only guarantee their meals in the buildings where they're educated. So if the schools are closed, what are we doing? And it was so reassuring that we knew systems were happening to make sure those kids got fed. But the narrative that everybody wasn't thinking that way is, is was really hard for me. Um, but I know in terms of those goals, we haven't met the teachers yet. And I want to. I want to do more. Um, I'm not 100% certain today that if you ask me right now to commit to running again, I don't know my answer yet. I think I know my answer, but I'm, I'm, I'm unwilling to commit. And that's mostly because I haven't spent enough time with these teachers and and giving them the chance to tell me what I can do differently. You about 10 minutes before the end of this podcast, because I do have that question for you. So start thinking about how you'd like to answer that. (laughs) The school referenda passed by a large margin, but everyone seems to be a backseat driver with how the money has been spent, the timeline of the projects, where the high school should have gone. How do you respond to people who complain to you about these issues? You know, it's uh, it really depends on the day and where they do it. Um, if they do it at the board meeting, if they come and sit there and wait their turn, I have nothing but a willingness and an open heart and mind to hear what they have to say. I'm less inclined to the text message from someone I haven't heard from in 15 years at 10 o'clock at night. That, that I got a few of those too. I think what it comes down to is we have to be responsive to what the vote was and the vote kept the school where it is. Therefore, expansion is critical, and it's going to disrupt the community in some way. But I will always tell anybody who asks me how I feel about what was called the Burnham Mansion and was, in fact, you know, a disjointed group of apartments, in my mind, in a lot of ways, in a house that was very pretty at one time. I cared about that building. I thought it was a beautiful building. I didn't want to take it down, personally, but I care a lot more that 10,400 students have a chance to go to high school in the place they should. I'm glad you brought the Burnham Mansion up because speaking of things people complain about, I grew up here. I had never heard of the Burnham Mansion. The school district started talking about tearing it down and suddenly it's something that people wanted to wrap their arms around and save. Why did so many people suddenly care about a building that from what I hear is in disrepair? Because the story is a great story. Why don't you want to make this beautiful space refurbished and brought back to its original glory and use it as a learning space? Well, because 
the number of students that would go in, it would not be conducive to using that space. And what we were planning up north of Prospect was a much larger space. If we had to readjust our plans back to a central location, they still need the things that a school needs. They still need fields. They still need open space for meals. They still need places for theater. They need places for debate. That has to, If you're not going to advance the move north, then we have to readjust our expectations back here. And people get worked up because it's a great story. And they're not wrong, and I'm not angry at any of them. People sent me well-intentioned emails, angry emails, accusatory emails. None of them are wrong. But the seven people sitting at the table had to figure out what was the best thing for the schools and the kids. And at the end of the day, that building was not the best thing for them. And we needed to move on. So we did. The school board laid out a very detailed agenda for the construction. How are we on schedule of building or updating the facilities? Actually, a lot better than I thought. That's a good question. We ask it a lot. Um, Things have happened that have surprised us. Everything costs a little bit more. Steel costs a little more than it did two years ago. So we have adjustments there. We took down a building um, to rebuild at um, Dr. Howard. And the soil was not, the current soil was not sufficient to hold up modern construction. So we had to supplement soil. There's some expenses there. But ultimately, I think we are tracking for progress and we'll have some great things. Eli will have an amazing high school experience. Our son will wave, hopefully on his way to college and watch it finish as he he walks out the door. So he'll see all the progress, but he won't see the finished product. So seventh grade and younger will get to experiment. Eighth grade and younger should see the finalized high schools. Ninth and up. Thanks for all your patience. We're sorry it's not done while you're there. (laughs) Out of curiosity, what group of schools get the most community attention or comments at school board meetings, elementary, secondary? It kind of depends on really um, what social media is is driving that particular week. Social media, the News Gazette, depending upon who's getting more hits. Um, We had a lot of talk recently about McKinley Field again because city council had to talk about McKinley Field. The great news is I get to be proud of both my jobs today. I'm a city council, a school board member rather, who works for electrical engineering. LED lights and the way we use them now can be directed in a way that doesn't impact surrounding areas the way it once did. It won't be that kind of flood of light. That's an electrical and computer engineering thing I get to know, but it happens with the lights at McKinley Field. I don't think anybody's more concerned about Central in general, though. I think Central is the biggest confusion. It's right in the middle of town. It's very visible, and it's very historic. We want to be very thoughtful about how we treat the building. You know, we don't want anything to happen to Coombs Gym without being intentional about it. We want to be careful with how we treat a cobblestone street, things like that. As you watch the stories unfold from what's happening with discipline in Urbana, do you think Champaign is on the right track and working those issues out in a different way and in the correct way? Having a modest, at best, um, opportunity to really interact in those avenues, I don't want to speak too thoughtfully, confidently, but what I'll tell you is any school can have what happened in Urbana happen any day. No one's, nothing uniquely special happened last week. Um, Likewise, when there's fights in other schools. I think Urbana's on the right track, just like I think Champaign's on the right track, because they're trying to bring the right people to the table. Um, They're trying to have conversations about equity. They're explaining equity. I remember going to my first meeting, and I thought I knew what equity meant, until someone put up a visual of equity was a tall person 
and a short person looking over a fence at an activity. And equity was described as the shorter person being able to stand on something until someone really shifted and they said, but what if we told you equity was there was no fence? And you think, okay, I get it. All of a sudden, you know, the lights go on. That's what all the schools are trying to do. I don't think it's perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Would you say that uh, when people send their kids to private school or they move out of Champaign for different schools or, quote, better schools, would you say the strength in Unit 4 lies in the diversity that some people may fear? I hope so. I want to say, first and foremost, you know, my husband's a teacher in a parochial school. I have, your family is your family. I am a big believer in if you take your kid out of Unit 4 or out of 116 and you move to another parochial school or to a neighboring community, that is your family and it is none of my business. But what I know is what I get to see the pictures of my son's freshman homecoming. They don't have, none of them have the same background. None of them are going to the same church on the weekend. None of them are all, they're not all going to the same church. They're not all going and looking the same way, but they have this incredible commitment to one another because they've been in school together since they were little. And it doesn't occur to my son to know about his friend whose family is very traditionally Indian, except that he's just gotten some really incredible food when he's gone to Lalit's house. <laughs> Likewise, you know, the things we've gotten to see, I think that that diversity part can never really be measured, but gosh, I hope we don't forget to keep it at the top of our pile of importance. I always seem to ask each of my guests if something in particular annoys them. And for me, it was when people weighed in on the fact that I only had one child. You also have one child. Am I alone or does that question annoy you as well? It bothered me to the ends of the earth for the longest time, um, as if we couldn't count in some way. Like we didn't know, oh really, just the one I hadn't noticed. I thought there were three more wandering about. (laughs) This is one of the many reasons I love you. I've gotten through that one because fortunately, you know, I really like the one we have and he's kind of awesome most of the time. My son would tell you that the things that bother me are poor drivers. My East Coast is pretty strong. I'm the only person in Champagne who uses their horn. I'm pretty convinced. Yeah, people don't. What is that? I mean, I don't know. The light's green. This is the only shade we're getting. Do you like another shade of green? I have screamed more times, and my son is like, please don't. And now that his friends drive, he's much more protective of other drivers. Like, "Mm, hey, hey, it's okay. Don't do that. I get it. So do anything else annoy you other than that? Oh God, so many things annoy me, but nothing that jumps to mind more than I hate this weather. Like it's snowing and people are driving far too quickly. Mm-hmm. Most of my objections and my annoyances are stem from transportation issues. I always say, um, and I can't understand why nobody is scared to drive on 57 in bad weather. And I think, because what if you drive off the road and no one sees you and you're just found at the thaw? At least on the East Coast, like 85 cars saw you go off the road and at least two of them stopped. Versus here, where if I lose control in the middle of the night, we'll find her. She's out there somewhere. So most of my pet peeves are transportation related because I'm a very poor passenger. And not Fortnite related? Is for, I mean, Fortnite might be the death of most mothers. I was kind of hoping it was going away. Mm-hmm. And it turns out he was just quieter in the basement. Um, or I've gotten better at like giving alerts. Dinner is in 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you're number 14. Wrap it up. Um, We used to say that nothing could be worse than Pokemon Go. And it's like we tempted fate with that one. At least they were active and outside. With like rando adults sometimes. Like you'd drop them off. He said, would you drive us around? I'm like, God, yeah, I'll do that. Mm -hmm. And he, we were at Silver, over by Silver Creek. And there was like four 12-year-old boys and then six adults looking like they all could use a solid 
shower and maybe a stern talking to from somebody. And I'm like, no, no, we're done. This game is over. I want it to be done in our life. Speaking of your child, by the way, and I'm going to let you go soon. Out of all the students in Unit 4, Jack was chosen to give out our former governor a tour of his middle school because he was student council president. Will he one day be an elected official like his mom? God, I, I joke that the Vasquez pre- presidential library is currently being built in the file cabinet in our bedroom. Uh, I don't know if he feels the same, but anything. To, if anything, the last two years of political life in this country tells me anybody can be president. Not everybody should be, but anybody can be. And uh, yeah, I'm down. If Jack were the first Latino president, I'd be. I've often said this. The only inauguration I'm ever going to again is his. I went to, we went to Obama's in 09. We couldn't miss it. We were so excited. And Jack was four at the time. And he sat on our shoulders. Um, it was one of those moments where we saw the aerial photo of Mall afterwards, the much larger crowd than seen in recent inaugurations, I'll point out. And my husband said to me, how happy are you? We didn't know how many people were there when we were there with our four-year-old, freezing and standing and waiting for this incredible moment. And I have to believe something great is coming next. How long do you want to be on the school board? I'm asking you it now. I brought it back. Um, I think I'll, I say all the time right now, I'm, I'm, I'm a no, but we'll have graduation again in May and I'll be inspired for another four months just by graduation. Graduation is the greatest night. We get to go to all three schools' graduations. We go to Central, we go to Centennial, and then we go to Novak. And you just can't believe how incredible these kids are and what they're trying to do and how proud they are. And you get to be on stage and like... Oh yeah. I know that May will come and I'll say, sure, I'm in. It's been a surprise, the number of things we've managed. I think we knew the referendum, but I didn't think the mansion was going to be the thing. I certainly didn't see the application for a charter school. The things that we've managed since then, there have been a lot. It's been a pretty heavy lift for two years. And when do you have to declare? When do you have to decide by? I would have to start gathering signatures in the fall of 20. I would reelect in 21 because Jack is class of 2022. And he would like me to not be on the stage at his graduation from Central. He says, um, it's not your day. It's my day. As many an only child have said before. <laughs> wow. It's like you're raising my child, but you're not embarrassing mom. You're cool mom, right? No, I'm mortifying and I'm perfectly fine. Why would you want to be cool? What in the what could possibly motivate you to be a cool mom? No, I mean, being embarrassing is what motivates me to be a mom. You're my, you're my soul sister for that. Um, music alone from the 80s. He told me yesterday he didn't know who Aerosmith was. I knew I was failing something. I, a song was on the radio in the drive back from Chicago. And I said, what is wrong with you? you this is Aerosmith. Be respectful. And he was like, what's an Aerosmith? Oh, no. You failed. I hate to judge, but you failed. Oh, I earn it. I I wear that judgment. It's mine. Thank you for listening to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess, Heather Vasquez, Champaign School Board member. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you. 